0: Let's go. let's go! Come on, everybody, and let's get to pumping, cause it's really three days of time, baby. Rip City is jumping
1: now. Okay, Brindle up the
0: middle. Come on, everybody! All right, everybody, welcome to the 375th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and
1: I got my man sage ready to talk about the uh portland trailblazers
0: yay let's do this i mean it's it's what we do thick and thin and i just got done re-watching the charlotte hornet game and i don't think it takes i don't think there's much more dedication than that because that might have been the worst basketball game that, that i've yeah, seen
1: Stu was at that game and was telling he was live at that game
0: with his son in the 200s level i'm like Bro, that's a game that can maybe get your son turned away from the team. So I hope (laughs) that's not the case. Um, But another zero three week for the Trailblazers, losing one twenty seven to one twelve against the defending champion Nuggets on uh, Friday without uh, Jamal Murray. The aforementioned Charlotte Hornets came in and really handled Portland ninety three to eighty. The Blazers just shot an abysmal three of thirty two from downtown. And only managed to put up 80 points against a Charlotte team that allows over 118 per game. And Charlotte wasn't particularly sharp on this night either. Portland was just stuck in their ways. And Nick
1: Richards looked like a stud against our defense.
0: And Portland capped off a winless February by losing 106 to 96 to the Miami Heat, a game in which saw the Blazers get outscored by 20 points. In the second half they only put up 40 points in the second half Deandre Ayton had a double double 12 and 10 before exiting the game at halftime injuring himself on a charge uh collision with kevin love mri or the x-rays came back negative on his hand but he is getting an mri and he said it was in pain i would assume he is going to be held out uh on this upcoming three-game road trip uh scoot henderson will be held out as well on this upcoming three game road trip. Sage, right now the Blazers are 15 and 42. They've lost nine straight games. As I mentioned, they went an entire month without winning a basketball game. They are tied in the win column with the Charlotte Hornets for the fourth spot in the lottery. Um, There's really not a lot to like right now, so we're not gonna sugarcoat it. But what stood out to you, good or bad? Over this three game stretch after the uh, coming out of the All Star break,
1: I think the thing that was most notable to me was Anthony Simons' lack of uh, lack of trying defensively. Like there were times where he was a positive and even a net neutral. Now I think he's cemented himself as probably the worst defensive guard in the NBA, and I and I get it. Like we're not playing for anything it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but watching our defense struggle and our offense struggle to score more than 90 points. Like when I'm watching it, I have to remind myself it's the fourth quarter, not the third quarter when it's like 92 to 83. Like it's like, Oh, this game's over. And so it's been like crazy underwhelming performances, which is, Uh, which is expected and i get it but it's just so crazy that like we have all of these offensively capable guys and they do not put points up against plus 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 matchups like the the charlotte hornets they they have no defensive principles yet we can't we can't even get up to the 90s against them so uh, just it was just a bad week all around bad month all around really
0: you mentioned Simons defensively, and maybe there was a hope that he could become a neutral defender mm-hmm. or hideable in a, in a good scheme. I don't know if that was ever going to be a reality. I think the, the, the allure of Anthony Simons is how well he can be in a shot-making role. And right now, he's got awful. And he's just been absolutely abysmal in terms of his body language. I wonder Um, what
1: his plus minus for this month is because it's got to be really, really bad.
0: You look at Anthony Simons, and his numbers have steadily decreased since December. December was borderline all star, you could make the case for him 28 points. 46% from the field 40 41 from three, you know, five and a half dimes, three rebounds getting to the line five times. And ever since the new year hit, he's kind of been like my immune system, just getting rocked. Mm -hmm. January 20 points. The percentage drops down to 42. The three point percentage drops down to 37 and a half still solid with the assists and the rebounds. February. It goes back up to 22 points per game, but again, the field goal percentage is dropped. He's down 7% from the field from December to to February. He's down to 38%. The three-point percentage dropped down five percentage points. He's only shooting 35.5% from three on nine attempts a night. That's too many attempts to be shooting that average of of a percent, Um, and even more than that, it's not the the statistical numbers because statistically he's having a better year than last year. Not by much, but it's the style of play in which he is partaking. He's getting a larger role. Damian Lillard has moved on. He has been ushered in to lead this, this new era alongside of Jeremy Grant. And he's just not really capable of being that guy. And you, Or
1: sustained periods for, for like for, he'll get, exactly you, for, for, he'll he'll get you for five games where he'd score 60 maybe yeah
0: and he was really struggling in that in that charlotte game and the the announcers were trying to say oh Anthony's getting blitzed and doubled and trapped and seeing all these coverages newsflash best players on best teams see that every single night and that's we remember why.
1: when dame was getting basically boxed and won like
0: he, and he added the 30 plus put, foot jumper to his arsenal to really counter that like i just have not seen growth from Anthony Simons from that post all-star run it was small in 2021 2022 to where he is at now and specifically playmaking like he he has one pass where he dribbles and kicks it to the wing that is the only pass he's really capable of making no
1: he has has a drop he has like a bounce pass which is like the one positive in his his passing like he'll do like some nice drop-offs to to d.a but it's it like the playmaking has not has been, been good, visible
0: good, good. at least this month and especially in that that game against charlotte he he's throwing lazy one-handed passes telegraphing them like i feel like he showed more vision that one game and against sacramento to close out the 2019 season where he was dotting myers like all the way down like a baseball pass uh throwing a batter out at home plate like he's just there, there's nothing that I'm seeing from him as a playmaker that gives me hope that he can become a point guard.
1: And but you're, hasn't and that you're been talking the case for like three years now? I don't now? think
0: he can be a, a shooting guard either. Like, I'm at the point right now, like, the, the line has been drawn in the sand. If Anthony Simons is trotted out as a core member of this team next year, we are in trouble. Like, he either they either need to make him a six man where he can just get 15 shots and you're gunning like that's that's where he is your your best value or they need to move off of him and, and really try to build something else because how he plays as cj dame light it's not going to cut it he's he does this thing now where he gets the ball in the wings and he steps back to the side and he's falling into the stands as he's getting his shot off and it's leading to runouts from the opposite the opposing point guard because it's missing and. The point guard's supposed to get back when you shoot a three. He's not getting back, and it's leading to runouts. And like I said, physical defenses give him problems. I I, I don't like how soft he takes it to the glass. Like he's a former dunk champion. Like he's one of the most dunks, athletic
1: guards in the NBA.
0: You wouldn't know by watching him. He plays like you, he sees column athletically, and that's just not.
1: See, I, I think you're more negative on me on him, and I I I feel you, but. At the same time, he absolutely could do this stuff, which is the most frustrating part for me. He could be an A player, but he just doesn't. And it's like a few things that he could change where he can go from a B to an A. And you see it, and it's plainly clear, but he's staying at a B, which I think is the most frustrating. If he decided, hey, fuck it, I'm going to get eight rebounds a game, push it in transition... He absolutely could because of his athletic gifts. He just isn't. And that's where it's frustrating. But I I think that if he's coached right, he can actually do something. This is just the worst possible coaching that he's getting instructed to do. So I'm not putting the he has to change his role completely or be traded. Because if it's somebody that can him in a role to succeed I think he can do it it's just he's being empowered to do all this Jordan Poole-esque things where he's just you know falling out of bounds taking shots it's it's just like Jordan Poole but we saw what Jordan Poole can do when there was proper coaching I I just don't think he's ever gotten the chance to have like a above average coach empowering him i just don't think that's the thing it it, i want to see what happens when somebody that actually can think of strategic things to do with him with some creativity i think this team has to have creativity and ant could be a huge positive in it it's just right now we're not seeing it
0: yeah and i'm just not willing to to wait this is year six totally six two two more years left on a, a reasonable contract but I, as a fan, I've seen this style of play for the better half of of a decade. Do you think
1: he's not being told, hey, if you want (laughs) to get paid, you've got to learn how to play off ball? There's so many superstars in this league. And we, we just talked about Cody Williams, where, you know, he needs to find a role that helps him succeed. There's not many teams outside of ours right this second that doesn't have like a lead initiator dude. Ant's not gonna be the best player on a team. He's just not. So he has to learn how to balance it a little bit, or it's just gonna be tanking team to tanking team to tanking team. And I swear to god, I said this last week, but it's still the case.
0: I think you have a higher sense of value on his skill set than I do. Yeah, and I, I, I
1: think that's that I think that's always been the case, though.
0: I generally believe his best role is suited as a Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams perennial six man. Like, I I don't think he's ever going to be a net neutral defender. I don't think he's ever going to give you uh secondary statistics. Like if he's having a bad shooting night, like he's just not going to be able to impact a game in other ways. And I, I don't think he has the playmaking to be a, a full-time point guard at the, at the current, you know, usage that he's getting, you know, 35, 37 minutes a night. Like I think he. But
1: do you think that there's a world where he is capable of giving you all of that? Talent wise, I think he's capable of giving you everything. It's just mentality wise, is not doing it. And coaching wise, like you know, he can get you. You've seen him jump. You know, he can get you rebounds. He can't pass, but At you know, certain he can. Point
0: you have to start to believe who a player is, right? Like I wanted LaMarcus Aldridge to be just that beast in the paint. And he had stretches where he was Western Conference Player of the Month because he was just turning and dunking, playing like early Rashid. But then he reverted back to who he is, which is more of a soft finesse stretch. And, that, and that, so that so you're right, but I also think that, that I'm right. Like, yes, he's capable of, but I'm not going to get fooled into that sense of like, oh, he showed it to me. Like, oh, like, like bad boyfriend, right? Like we talked yeah. about that one. But, you know, where you're I, in a relationship I, I just want to he, say,
1: like Chauncey Billups just doesn't he doesn't put him in spots where he can succeed sustainably. I want to see I, I personally want to see what happens when it's a good coach coaching him, where there's like rules and responsibilities because I just think I he's think in a more, free spirit
0: forever I think it's more accountability than putting him in a position to succeed. Like, I, I think he just needs well isn't to that a, part like, of
1: it? putting him in a having responsibility and
0: uh he needs to know, like, like this isn't winning basketball. What he's doing, like it, it's it's hor It's it's hard to watch. And I have really wanted to get back. Like <clears throat> I've had this love hate relationship with with Aunt Simons, and, and I've really wanted to get back into enjoying watching him play basketball. But it's it's just it's too much ISO. It's too much me. It's too much nothing but shooting and shooting difficult shots. Like the broadcast is like bringing in Haberstro for these just bullshit analytics. They're talking about draft lottery stuff in February They're, they They were championing this graphic with Simons and Jeremy Grant being two of the top five tough shot makers in the league alongside of like Ingram and DeRozan and Jaron Jackson. I'm like, this is not something to be proud of guys. Like wh- what are we doing here? That means that they can't get easy looks. Great yeah. players get easy looks. Great players can make tough shots, but great players make the game look easy. There's nothing easy about Simon's game from a visual perspective right now. Everything looks difficult from the layups. He's trying to scoop over seven foot defenders like he it's. But doesn't it. Don't you have to
1: take in the fact that we're running bums everywhere for him? He he and Jeremy Grant. There's nobody really else to take and make shots. So I, I get that their shot diets are like eating mcdonald's every day for your entire life they're disgusting but
0: i mean it's not like we're losing to juggernauts dude no
1: Washington we're losing to the in worst in teams
0: yeah came in here san antonio came in here detroit came in here charlotte came in here all left victorious we're, we're not you know losing to to the bucks you know we're my problem is you're parading anthony like he's the face of the franchise big part of the, you know, the future. If you can't win with this roster or be more competitive, that's an indictment on your talent level. Like it shows to me that you've kind of petered out in terms of what you're capable of carrying on your back. Well, isn't that
1: also a risk management issue with the team in general parading these guys that are at best secondary or tertiary guys as all potential all-star players. Like, yeah, the players are not as good as we wished, but putting them in that like media blitz about the Portland Trail Blazers rise with us era and having guys that at best are third guys, like they put them at such a hype level that it's impossible for them to succeed with their talent level. Of course, there's going to be games where they're you know, good and, you know, the ceiling games that happen one every seven games. But, like, I feel like the media gave them, un- gave people unrealistic expectations based on, well, shit, dames here, who are we going to use all this marketing budget on?
0: Yeah, yeah. But I just, I think, like, if if he was the guy, we would we we would know more. Like, and that's why I'm like, okay, let, let's move off. Let's move off of Ant get what you can get like it's it's time to see what you have in scoop now when he gets back like next year you have to fully give him the reins you have to fully give shade in the reins and you have to just see we're we're, we're at this point in our franchise where we just need to see something else because what we it just right needs to now, be
1: flashes of brilliance and i get it but are you like would you take would, how are you willing to trade him for like a first round pick in this year or are you are you trying to wait for a good offer that
0: may or may not come? I just I think you need to find something that fits a little bit better with your team. You may be taking a talent loss, but like I said, I, it might be a bit of addition by subtraction. Um, so you
1: would would you take the pick that would net you Cody or uh, Zachary? Yeah. For Ant- okay,
0: and and it's more and it's more because of who we have. Like I said this earlier. I was like, I'm glad they held on to Ant because Scoot was really struggling. And if you're not certain on Scoot, you need to have a good backup plan. Well, shit, now Ant just looks <clears throat> horrible since 2024 started. And I've seen enough of Scoot that I'm like, okay, like it, it's time for them to fully commit to this young guard, to your other young guard that you spent two lottery picks mm-hmm. on, two really bad tanking seasons on. And I would love to keep Ant if he would come off of the bench if that's not the case, I think they need to move away from him because I think he is only going to hinder, like you're just going to be in the same cycle of small backcourt, not going to be good defensively. You're going to be playing Shaden out of position and you're going to still have this kind of hot potato of, is it my team? Is it your team? Who's, who's running mm. more the point? Like you just have to kind of break that apart and you just, I'm at the point now in my fandom where I need to see what they have in scoot and Shaden, And if it doesn't work, Okay, we we will start over again, but we haven't even seen whether yeah. it works or not. And I I, I mean, it's
1: like it. it's like 300 minutes of Scoot and Shaden being on the floor together. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to uh you know, hinder both of them. And I I, I mean, I doubt Shaden plays a single second for the rest of the year, but you got to have, you know, Scoot feeling good about himself to uh end this year. But I mean, I be, go ahead. If 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 we got if ant if we didn't get Richerche with our own pick, I'd be cool with like if the Wizards got the first and they were planning on taking Richerche, but they would take Anthony Simons in a trade where they get ant we get the pick and then we take on salary. I would do it in in, in a second because I think one the two wings in this draft fit. Now, I think Richey is a much better fit than Cody, but Cody could, you know, th- there's a chance of fit. So even though it is, you know, today, Washington would take the better player, the fit balance is going to be pretty good. But how many teams do you think would be willing to take on Anthony Simons for their bad pick this year? I think maybe the Wizards. And they have Jordan Poole that they hate.
0: That's a tough part. Like I was at the Miami game, and there were longtime season ticket holders, probably when I first became a season ticket holder back in like 07 that were in that same section and they were just talking to some friends. And even they were just like, Yeah, I'd love to see Ant go to Orlando where or he would be a, a good guard there. Like,
1: would he be a good guard there? Because he would take away from Franz and Paulo, and they like lose so much defense, taking Suggs and Ant. They, Black they need an off, them.
0: they need some offense at the, at, the, at the guard position, is is what I, I would assume. But either way, like, I, I, you know, this is a guy we were really excited about. And, like, I don't know. I just, I don't enjoy watching him play basketball right now. I don't like the style of play.
1: Like, but it, that the style of play is Chauncey Billups's shit, too. But he's
0: always played like this, though.
1: I think when Stas was there, he had a little bit more of a leash,
0: though. A little, yeah. He was younger, but like, Dame, and, and, like, and Dame, Dame CJ and Norman Powell were on the yeah, team. Also, Ant's kind and of in this Dame CJ tree. And he's like, love Dame and CJ, love what they did for us. But like, I I, I got to see something different. Like it's, need to see something different. But let's move on to something a little bit more positive because I've been really impressed with DeAndre Ayton. Um, I thought he had a really good stretch post All-Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 and 10 on 65% shooting against Jokic and the Nuggets uh, 26 and 19 against the Hornets on 69% shooting uh, bad from the field. The only bad one, centers for years. The only one who had it going. And of course, you know, teammates forgot about him for, for stretches. And again, like I mentioned the the double, double in one half again on 67% shooting against bam and the Miami heat. Um, DeAndre was busting his ass in, in that in that New Orleans or in that that uh Charlotte game. Uh even being down, even with the shots not going in, like Phoenix must have done him really dirty because I have really not seen much moping and pouting from DA, and we are just a god awful team right now. So um I, I think at least this year, the the book on him being kind of that malcontent. I I, I'm not seeing it right now. And I think that's a really good sign because I think he could be, you know, a a long-term piece at at the five. Like I've really liked what he's given this team. Uh, They were outplaying the heat severely with, with DA in there. He was all over the, Mm -hmm. all over the paint and obviously went down, unfortunately, but I've been, I've been very happy with DA. I think that that was a good trade for both sides. Nurk's been good for Phoenix. And I Mm -hmm. think DA getting a change of scenery, classic change of scenery guy. And I, I just wish they would find more opportunities to get him the ball. Like when he has 26 and 19 and he's only getting 16 shots and Anthony's going like 0 for 10 JG can't throw it in the ocean. Nobody can throw it in the ocean. Get your big man, the ball. And yes, that is on the players that is on the coaches. It, it is a group failure there, but it, it's, it's a bummer. He's going to be out, but I thought he, he's just been, uh, he's been, he's been solid this month. Not mm-hmm. the, the record is not an indictment on his play.
1: No, uh, and yeah, I, I again the 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 thing with him is is he is he gonna be a top tier talent? We know he's good, but it's it's just with this current NBA and its structure you if you're gonna spend major money on a center, it has to be a top echelon guy. So this month has been positive trending towards top echelon guy. In And just think about the context. It's one of the worst possible contexts that you can be in for a big man, not getting the ball, having to do all of the rebounding, having to do all of the things. I, I think that he's good, but you have to have a specialized front court partner with him. It's not choose your own adventure. It has to be a special guy that is willing to set screens, willing to do some of the dirty work that DA doesn't like to do, avoids doing. Because DA can do a lot of good shit, but he can't, he, he's not a good screen setter. He's not going to do some of those dirty, the, the yeoman type of things. So it's finding the guy that is willing to do all of that and be a shooting guy. Like, it, again, it's just finding that right partner. So... I'm cool with DA for a few more years. And, you know, if we if we find that that missing piece at the power forward, like if Tyler Smith is as good as I think he is, I think that those two could be great partners. But it's just finding that power forward because Jeremy Grant is not that power forward for him.
0: All right, let's get into a this episode will be a little more shorter. There's only so much we can can say about a losing uh, lossless team. In the month of February, but got some good questions. Uh, First one from our guy Pete Normal. Portland will likely have to let go of at least one young player this year to make room for the incoming draft picks. Between Jabari Rupaire and Chris Murray, who are you shedding?
1: Well, because Chris Murray was a first round pick, so he's guaranteed. So I don't think that he would be an option based on. I think it's more just like who. Who would you just be able to like? I think it's Ryan Repair. unfortunately.
0: I see Rupert would be number one on that list for me to keep. Like, but you I'm love Ryan Repair. Well, yeah, like he's got the best potential of those players. I I'm not willing to let that go for what I've seen out of Jabari Walker and Chris Murray. Like, no disrespect to those players, but like it they both could go, honestly. Yeah. Um I all I'm three of them can go.
1: Completely I'm not, honestly. I'm not.
0: No, I I I love repairs potential. He's rebounding the ball like a madman, uh, in in the G League, and I just those those arms for days. Like I think he's going to be a disruptor. He's always been a long term play. I'm not going to let him go after. You know this was never going to be a year he was going to get playing time, but I would still keep Chris over Jabari. I I know Chris has is Jabari
1: been, been, still on the second round contract, or did he get a, another contract? Let's look it up. Cause if he's still on the second, like the 58th pick, he is easily the most cuttable or the most and you might get a small asset for him.
0: I think it's just more like regardless of contract, like playing wise, who would you you're cause you're tied into Chris Murray through 2027? A Jabari Walker is an expiring contract next year. So
1: he if I, if we're talking financially he is easily the most cuttable. Yes. I th- I still trust Chris Murray, but let's just say we had three wings in the tra- like if we got one of the two that we like and you know like another 69 guy, I, I would cut bait with Chris Murray if the the second first round pick was like like if we got McCullers
0: or Dalton Connect.
1: Yeah, I as much as I like Chris Murray and think that he is a smart player, I, I, I would peace out to him. it's all about who who comes in. Like if we went, you know, one of the wings and then we went Reed Shepard. I again this probably won't happen, but if we went someone like that, then Chris Murray is way more valued. But since there are wings that are good, like our two Dalton, you know, there there are good wings in this draft. If we some if we get two of them, I'd be I'd be willing to say peace out to Chris Murray, even though I think he's good, but he hasn't shown it yet.
0: Yeah, of the three, I would let Jabari Walker go. As much as I love his energy and his ability to do those little things, like you were talking about, that D A doesn't want to do. Um, I think there's a definite ceiling on his game, and I think his skill set is pretty replaceable. I think Chris still makes the right decisions. Most of the Mm -hmm. time he's in the right place at the right time. Um, He needs to figure out the shot though, like Mm that you were drafted to hit shots. He's gotten countless wide open opportunities and he's not even close. The shot looks a little broke um, right now. He needs to, to tighten it up a little bit and figure out a way to, Return attack to the a, Iowa. Yeah. Attack a closeout a little bit. Like the moment somebody runs at him, he he's not able to get the shot off. So he's gonna need to develop a one-dribble pull-up or just do you learn. think
1: that's a confidence like, issue? Yeah, he, yeah, he looks like he is. I mean, he looks because he, he, look, he looked right. like a Keegan Murray clone at Iowa that last year.
0: I'm also starting to to consider the fact that the college line is so much closer mm-hmm. and he is all arms on that jump shot that maybe he's just not adjusting well to the extended three-point line um, but it's
1: also a really bad context because he hasn't getting much he hasn't had like a, a year of run like a first like a first round guy and has he played much at the g league uh not ignite but the rip city yeah he got, he got
0: quite a bit of remix time early on in the year now he's i think mean, he just made his fourth start he started the past two games
1: there's um, nothing wrong in 2023 2024 for a first round guy to hang out in in the in the uh, G League there's nothing wrong get get the development get get the uh the run so I'm 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 cool with Chris lighting it up in in the G
0: yeah it is disappointing usually when you draft 23 year olds you you do expect more of a of an immediate impact that's that's the draw when you're drafting a player like that and I did expect more from him but I'm not quite ready to if I had to rank them I would be repair Murray. Walker, uh, we got a few good questions uh, from at G N Stoymanov. Always sends in great questions. Uh, what do you expect the There's three three parts of this. What do you expect the Blazers to do with the four 2024 draft picks? They have two in the first, likely, and two in the high second. Given the amount of youth already pleasant, my bet is drafting the Blazers own lotto pick and. Uh, one of the two uh... seconds. Yeah. As a, as a, as a flyer or a rip city remix guy. Um, second part to the question. If you were to swap the golden state warrior pick and maybe include an asset, which 2025 first round picks would you target?
1: I don't think that that's a 2025 is a potential good draft. But this is a potential bad draft. I don't think you're trading this draft in for 25
0: yeah let's say a golden state pick is 14. i mean you'd be lucky if you got let's just and that picks have moved around so i don't know who owns whose pick you'd be lucky to get milwaukee or a philadelphia like late first round pick in next year's draft and i i probably don't i i, I don't like that too much um now if you're saying hey could you target for like uh an asset of, of, a, of a current player i things happen on draft night. It, you know, teams fall in love with certain players. So, so you never know there, but to answer the first question, I don't know if they even have the roster spots to take in four rookies. I I've thought about this. They already are playing six rookies from two previous draft classes on, on the team. Obviously some of them are hurt, but that's almost half of your roster right there. And first and second year players, you're going to add in Four more, I, I just, I don't know. They're already playing the most rookie minutes of any team in the entire NBA. Um, it's a bit of a bummer because it doesn't seem like the the value is there in terms of other teams wanting those picks. Yeah, and you
1: some you have to find a buyer for your product. you do have
0: really good second round picks. So it's, my guess I, I find is, that
1: those second round picks are very valuable to me. If I'm looking at Tankathon and I'm seeing Devin Carter as a second round pick, I'm swinging the fence for that. So I, I think the second round picks have surprisingly more value than that 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 Warriors pick because there I feel like there's definite there's definite like sinkholes in the first round late lottery. There's definite like Donovan clinging, and I think is a definite potential you know humongous loss of value. But I, I, like if I can get me a, a Devin Carter, if I can get me a PJ Hall, if I can get a Tristan DeSilva in the second. I think that people would actually want that.
0: I my guess is if they don't move up in the lottery, they package the two to get a guy that they want. Uh, if they do move up in the lottery, I I I I think they I think they somehow will end up with just two rookies. I, I think that will use their own pick. They'll probably package the Warriors' pick and maybe another asset and identify a younger player, maybe not getting some run. Um, and then they'll probably either sell one of the second round picks or move it for a future second. Like there's just not enough room for all of these rookies. We're already talking about Chris Murray as a first round pick, probably getting pushed out by another first round pick this year. You're, you're seeing what's happening at OKC. Pokushevsky gets, hmm. gets released. He was a borderline lottery pick in, in 2020. He just got run out of room. Like there's no space for him. Portland's uh, collective of assets is not as good as OKC's clearly, but still when you have so many young players kind of vying for 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 minutes it's going to happen as well and then you're just not getting a return on that asset so i i think there'll there'll be a lot of maneuvering on draft night uh sage let's look at quickly there's three games a back-to-back friday and saturday isn't there
1: another question about the chinese guy
0: no, that was just somebody who wanted to see a future. I just, there was a, another okay. podcast. Well, he's a Chinese
1: guy. That's really a big and gets double doubles every week or every day game and block shots.
0: Hansen Yang. That was yeah. who somebody wanted to do a future Friday on next, um, which will be Zachary. Risa Shea will be our, our next future Friday for those out there.
1: I got it. So yeah, I like that.
0: <clears throat> so Portland has a three game roadie two in Memphis Friday and Saturday and then Monday against Minnesota. Um, I actually watched Memphis play uh, Minnesota about half the game. I was feeding Adrian, keep kept the screen away from him. Uh, they play hard, like Taylor Jenkins has them playing hard. I, I know they're missing a lot of p- p- pieces, but uh, they still have Jaron Jackson Jr., GG Jackson's been a revelation. They got Vince Williams Jr., who was in the Rising Stars game. Um, they fight hard, they jumped out on the Wolves 14 um, 0. They were they were tied, I believe, in the second half. Minnesota, like it took an incredible performance from Ant a- Edwards for them to to win by like eight or nine points. Like so Me- Memphis is a team that is five games in the win column ahead of the Blazers. So if you're a, a a draft lottery guy or person, I think a split here would be totally fine because you start to do the math in the scenarios where like, you know, Portland has <clears throat> How many you know twenty some games left? uh, I believe twenty five games left. If they're fifteen and forty two, you start to do the math. How many games would you have to win before they can't pass you? And and it starts to and obviously now you're tied with Charlotte. So um, you know if Scoot and Shade aren't going to play, which they aren't, there's really not much reason to to win a basketball game as crappy as that sounds. Um, Especially with a team
1: that plays hard, we don't do that.
0: Yeah, I, I I think they'll split in Memphis. I think the the Wolves are going to knock the doors off of us. Anthony Simons has struggled mightily against them this year. We have no answer for their size, uh, especially if D. A. Are you ahead
1: gonna... of
0: me? Yeah, I won.
1: Oh, so I say we lose all three then.
0: Okay. So, um, yeah, these previews aren't as in depth because there's really no need to. Well, I mean, let's be honest; like, there's just we've got like four, four G league guys playing on this team that, that really shouldn't be playing. um, And it got a couple hurt on the roster that really shouldn't be on the roster. Like it's, it's not fun right now. Like it's supposed to be a fun year and injuries have kind of derailed uh, a lot of the the development that I was looking forward to seeing. Um, And so that's kind of where we're at. So hopefully scoop gets cleared and maybe we get like a, two-week stretch of shading down the down the stretch but that's do you think that out. happens he says he wants to play but he'll be reevaluated at the end of march
1: i want to be a pro rainbow six siege player but i watched myself play last night and my aim was all wiggly so you know sometimes we don't get what we want
0: <laughs> also can we like figure out why are everybody getting abductor strains like wh- what are they doing like no no other team is is dealing with this they've had it with Dame then they've had it with Shaden had it with uh Scoot and I think GP2 as well like f- figure figure the shit out Blazers like you you can't be having your your draws like this is what people go to the games for like to be perfectly clear our tickets are free this year because we sold the Bucks game so we basically get you know we made money on on our package the Miami Heat game I went it was only to get a fit off I had some vintage gear that I got from from Christmas, and I was like, "I'm I'm looking good. Let, let's go." I really struggled whether I wanted to go to that game or not, knowing Scoot wasn't going to play. And yeah, that's...
1: I mean, like I was like, "Oh, I am. I have a sniffle. I'm not going. <laughs> I you, I don't have Blazers fits off that. You know, I want to show off to the the Blazers faithful." So I was like. <sighs> I know it's free, but I'm paying more in my uh, travel to the bla- to the Rose Garden than to the damn than the damn ticket. So, yeah, it, it's it's just a bad uh, where we're at is just bad. But do you have anything else you want to say, or should I wrap this bad boy Let's up? Wrap it up. All right, short and sweet. So we are available on iTunes, uh, everywhere where you get your podcast. We are there. We also clip up all of our podcasts so you can see it on IG, Facebook and, and tick I am far behind on that. Um, I have the Jacoby Walter one to do. I have the old podcast that I probably won't do this podcast and Cody Williams. So you're going to see a lot of clips uh, during this weekend. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you to, for everybody that is listening. We are out going to record that Tristan da Silva eventually uh, peace out everybody you may be this is Bill Shinley. good night everybody
0: let's go